On Sunday evenings, my local NPR station rebroadcasts old radio programs. A few years ago, I was driving home and heard a program called Command Performance, which was a variety show that went out to the troops during World War II. The episode I happened to hear was broadcast the day after VJ Day, on August 15, 1945. The episode featured some of the era's biggest celebrities. Frank Sinatra, Marlena Dietrich, Cary Grant, Betty Davis, and many others. But the most striking feature of the show was its tone of self-effacement and humility. The Allies had just completed one of the noblest military victories in human history. And yet there was no chest-beating. Nobody was erecting triumphal arches. Well, it looks like this is it, the host being Crosby opened. What can you say at a time like this? You can't throw your skimmer in the air. That's for run-of-the-mill holidays. I guess all anybody can do is thank God it's over. The mezzo-soprano Risa Stevens came on and sang a solemn version of Ave Maria, and then Crosby came back on to summarize the mood. Today, though, our deep-down feeling is one of humility. That sentiment was repeated throughout the broadcast. The actor Burgess Meredith read a passage written by Ernie Pyle, the war correspondent. Pyle had been killed just a few months before, but he had written an article anticipating what victory would mean. We won this war because our men are brave and because of many other things, because of Russia, England, and China, and the passage of time, and the gift of nature's materials. We did not win it because destiny created us better than all other people. I hope that in victory we are more grateful than proud. The show mirrored the reaction of the nation at large. There were rapturous celebrations, certainly. Sailors in San Francisco commandeered cable cars and looted liquor stores. The streets of New York's Garment District were five inches deep in confetti. But the mood was divided. Joy gave way to solemnity and self-doubt. This was in part because the war had been such an epical event and had produced such rivers of blood that individuals felt small in comparison. There was also the manner in which the war in the Pacific had ended, with the atomic bomb. People around the world had just seen the savagery human beings are capable of. Now here was a weapon that could make that savagery apocalyptic. The knowledge of victory was as charged with sorrow and doubt as with joy and gratitude. James Agee wrote in an editorial that week for Time magazine. But the modest tone of command performance wasn't just a matter of mood or style. The people on that broadcast had been part of one of the most historic victories ever known. But they didn't go around telling themselves how great they were. They didn't print up bumper stickers commemorating their own awesomeness. Their first instinct was to remind themselves they were not morally superior to anyone else. Their collective impulse was to warn themselves against pride and self-glorification. They intuitively resisted the natural human tendency toward excessive self-love. I arrived home before the program was over and listened to that radio show in my driveway for a time. Then I went inside and turned on a football game. A quarterback threw a short pass to a wide receiver who was tackled almost immediately for a two-yard gain.
The defensive player did what all professional athletes do these days in moments of personal accomplishment. He did a self-puffing victory dance as the camera lingered. It occurred to me that I had just watched more self-celebration after a two-yard gain than I had heard after the United States won World War II. This little contrast set off a chain of thoughts in my mind. It occurred to me that this shift might symbolize a shift in culture, a shift from a culture of self-effacement that says, nobody's better than me, but I'm no better than anyone else, to a culture of self-promotion that says, recognize my accomplishments, I'm pretty special. That contrast, while nothing much in itself, was like a doorway into the different ways it is possible to live in this world.